missed him. He missed out. He'll be here today to share about hands-on missions with us. Uh, just a few announcements to get us started. Uh, don't forget, next Sunday is our deacons meeting. Um, so be here for that. And that means that we'll have a uh, business meeting immediately following the service next Sunday. So keep those things in mind. Um, the monthly uh, WMU meeting is on March 24th at uh, Nancy Webb's house. And uh, our Easter egg hunt is something I want to remind you guys of. It's coming up on uh, Saturday, April the 9th. Um, but I'm looking for uh, donations of candy. We have plenty of eggs. I have a big old box of eggs. It's got about 500 in it. I just need candy to stuff in them. Um, if you would like to donate candy, you can see me on Sunday or Wednesdays. Drop it in Artie's office. Um, if it's chocolate, bring it to me because Artie will probably eat it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm getting a death stare. Um, <laughs> it was a joke. It was a joke. Um, so uh, keep that in mind. And uh, we're going to be doing hot dogs that day. And uh, so if somebody would be interested in maybe cooking hot dogs uh, that Saturday from 11 to 1 in that time frame for us, uh, come let me know. And um, I'd be very grateful for that. Um, be mindful in the bulletin about our Easter service coming up and uh, the breakfast coming up. Spring is creeping up on us. Um, I see we have a lot. Of, we have a good bit of people here. I don't think many people forgot to set their time back. Um, up, yeah, forward. Spring, we sprang forward. That's right. I, don't mean, I meant back to the forward time is what I meant. <laughs> Um, Terry said um, to remind you that uh, the men are going to try to work this week to put, finish putting some of these cameras up. Uh, it's supposed to rain on Thursday, so he is changing that to Tuesday at 6 o'clock. So if you can help out with that, um, that would be greatly appreciated. we got some st other stuff we're working on. So um, like I say, if you can come out for that. If you're a guest, visitor with us, there are cards in the pews in front of you. Just fill one of those out and drop it in the offering box on the way out. Right now, I just want to invite you to focus your hearts on God this morning and let's worship Him. Good morning. I hope everyone's doing well this morning. And just FYI, I am not the one that eats all the chocolate. I sit there in my office and I see who goes into the secretary's office and gets all the chocolate out of the thing, and they are people over the age of 65 doing that. <laughs> and there's one sitting over here hiding in the corner that is a chocoholic, regardless of what she says. She loves chocolate, so you got to watch it from her too. But um, I do have one announcement before we start our service together. Um, in the bulletin, you'll notice that our, our service times for Easter are in there. We are going to have one worship service that morning. Um, we are going to have a full-fledged worship service as our sunrise service at 7.30. Then we will have our uh, fellowship breakfast immediately following that at 8.30 in the fellowship hall. And then we will have uh, Sunday school at 9.30. We will not have a 10.30 worship service. Our worship service Easter Sunday will be at our sunrise service. We'll have communion 
as well as everything out else, uh, special music, everything that morning at 7.30 for our worship service. If it is not too cold, we will be outside. If it is cold or rainy, we will be inside. Okay? So that just know that if it is 30 degrees, we're going to be inside. But I invite everybody to be here for, with us to worship on the 17th of April for Easter as we celebrate the Lord's resurrection. Because, uh, you know, without the resurrection, the cross doesn't mean anything. It's the fact that we serve a living Savior. And that's why we're here this morning, is to worship our living Savior. So if you would please join me in prayer as we begin our worship time together. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you bowing our knees and raising our hands to worship you this morning. You are the Alpha and Omega. You are the author of creation. And you are the source of our salvation. And we give you all the honor and praise because you alone are worthy of worship. And today, dear Lord, we are gathered together in your name, trusting in the promise that if two or more are gathered in your name, that you will be in the midst of them. And we know that you are here with us this morning. And we ask that your spirit move among your people, that you open our hearts to receive your word. You open our ears so that we may hear your word. And that you change us, making us more of your disciple. And dear Lord, I ask you right now that you have your way with us today. That as we worship, we worship wholeheartedly. That we will honor you with what we sing. That we listen to your word brought to us by Stephen Hogg today. And that you speak through him. Dear Lord, above all, may the gospel be glorified and lives be changed for your kingdom this morning. And we ask all of this in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our call to worship number 572, I Love to Tell the Story. And we'll sing the first and the last verses, 572.
if the kids come forward this morning. Guys, <laughs> glad to see you guys this morning. I wanted to talk about something special this morning, so I brought something with me. Who likes fruit? Anybody like fruit? So this morning, we were going to talk about how we bear fruit. And so I got up and I found this, and I found this, and I sat down and I tried to figure it out. What do you guys think? How do you think we bear fruit? Just kidding. That's not how we bear fruit. But we are going to talk about how we bear fruit. I'm going to read you guys a couple of verses. This was in Matthew 7, verse 17. It says, Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bad, bears bad fruit. And we're going to think about why is God talking to us about fruit? I've never had to clip strawberries out of my ear, right? Ever had to clip strawberries out of your ear or blueberries off your toes? No, we don't bear fruit like that, but we do bear fruit. It means that we show things and signs to other people around us. And those fruit that we bear are this. I'm going to read you another verse, Galatians 5, chapter 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what we're going to talk about. And that is fruits we bear because of our relationship with God. And listen to what they are. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, these fruits of the Spirit are good qualities that we grow in our lives as a, as a direct response from our relationship with Jesus Christ. You guys know that? So, like, if you have, think about if you grow a garden and you put a strawberry plant in your garden and... You just pile up a bunch of leaves around it, and you don't put any dirt or any good soil around it. Maybe you plant it in the middle of some weeds, or maybe you forget to water it. Is that strawberry plant going to grow up and produce good strawberries? No, it's not. Um, and so just like us, if we're not doing the things God wants us to do, like fellowshipping with other Christians, or reading our Bible, or praying, we're not going to grow good fruit either. We're not going to be learn how to be kind to people or love people if we're not doing that. So we're going to talk about that this morning when we get to children's church. We're going to learn a little bit more about it. Let's bow our heads, go to the Lord in prayer, and we're going to go out that door. God, thank you so much for the day. Thank you for these boys and girls. Help us to learn what it truly means to bear good fruit as we go out and we dive into your word today. We love you and we praise you. All this we ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, who died and rose again on the third day for us. Amen.
the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see.
Thank you, choir. Isn't his grace amazing? Well, I want to introduce our speaker today. You already know him. He filled in for me when um, I had COVID this last time. Um, on short notice, may I add, I called him Saturday night and said, hey, is there any way you can come preach? But we had this booked several months ago for him to come and share with us. Um, Stephen Hogg, I told him this morning, I wish his name was John David or, or even Jimmy Durante so I could call him J.D. Hogg. But this is Reverend Stephen Hogg. He is the director of Hands-On Missions and is doing a great job in his tenure there so far. Um, he came right, I guess, about a year before the pandemic hit to Hands-On Missions. But uh, in that time, we have become um, friends. And uh, I just want uh, to turn it over now to Stephen and him share what God has laid on his heart this morning. Well, hopefully I got that microphone. No, I'm getting a bad vibe from up above. How about now? All right. I'm so ambidextrous, I can turn it on and mute it at the same time. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord this morning to be here. Now, I know a lot of people really struggle with this spring forward thing. And I want to give you some advice that I use. I spring forward back into the bed as soon as I get done this evening. <laughs> All right? So that, that way you kind of cover the, um, I know that uh, <laughs> it can be challenging. Um, you know the reason they choose to do this on Sunday rather than Monday is because they want you to come to work, right? And be punctual to work. And it's important. I tell you, God has his hands in everything that we do as his children. As I was listening to Pastor Chad this morning talk about bearing fruit, we're going to look at a scripture passage or a passage of scripture which talks about how we demonstrate that fruit. And I believe before I get started, I just kind of want to give you a little context around Luke chapter 10. Now we know at this point, according to Luke, that Christ now has turned his face toward Jerusalem. And in preparation, if you go back and you look into Luke chapter 9 there are an order of events that occur in which Jesus is about to unveil in chapter 10. Luke chapter 9 has the beautiful, beautiful account of Jesus extending compassion among the 5,000. And we know... We're familiar with the story where the disciples simply say, we only have five loaves and two fishes. I love what the Lord encouraged the disciples. The disciples had a plan. 
The plan was to send individuals home. They had a plan which was blinded by the fact that their monetary substance was not going to be sufficient enough. And there's a lot of times that the church often gets blinded from the potential that God has in store by demonstration of faith. Because we examine ourselves rather than focusing on God. And so it's important this morning as we move into our text, our text requires something of us. It not only requires a commitment on our part as the church and a body of believers, but it requires the resolve to see it accomplished. Luke chapter 9 also tells us that that Christ had sent out his apostles and told them to go by faith. And if they went to a home and the home invited their peace in, then they were to stay and share. If not, they were encouraged by our Lord to move forward. That's what I love about Matthew 6 and 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. See, the kingdom of God is always before us. It's a matter of how we position it in our walks of faith. And so it's my prayer this morning as we study in Luke chapter 10 the tremendous responsibility that you and I have in carrying out the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture reads this this morning. And then he said to them, beginning in verse 2, the harvest is truly, or the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers unto into his harvest. And then, verse number three kind of grasps the reality of what we are to expect to encounter as we go out into the harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs. I send you out as lambs among wolves. I often like to present the ministry of hands-on missions that has a message that is gentle as a lamb, but its message is strong as the roar of a lion. Now, I don't believe too many of us are intimidated by lamb, but if you and I were to encounter a lion, we would treat it with the utmost respect. 
And what I want to impress upon you amongst these couple verses, as Jesus gives a charge to the 70 and appointed them to go, he said, the harvest is truly great. I don't believe that you and I have to look very far in order to recognize the harvest that our Lord was talking about. God has encountered people since the fall of man in order to redeem them into a relationship with Him once again. The beautiful thing about God's Word is from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to Revelation, it is a picture of God restoring his relationship with humanity. He has chosen to do that through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 4 and 12 simply says this, that there is no name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Today, you and I, we live in a world where people simply don't recognize that they need redemption. It would be hard to believe that Americans would not realize that. In America, there are churches on about every corner. In America, its roots were founded upon the principles of God. Yet our country has distanced itself from the very maker of you and I. And I would dare say that the country of the United States needs missionaries. They need laborers to go out into the harvest. Our country now, I believe the population has been uh, it, since the last census, about 330 million individuals live within the borders or claim to be a citizen of the United States. So the harvest is truly great. And then the Lord says, but the laborers are few. It's Maybe for some of you, I didn't spend a lot of time last evening watching the ACC championship game. But I'm sure that the Duke Blue Devils went into the game as kind of the better team, projected to be the better team to play last night. And then you had Virginia Tech who had played the three previous days face an, uh, an opponent like Duke. And while the odds seem rather large, what happened on the hardwood last night was the story of a team that simply trusted in what they had been instructed to perform on the basketball court. For you and I, 
we need to trust the Lord. If he says that the harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few, I stand here this morning understanding that those laborers who go and champion the gospel, whether it's here in Shelby and Cleveland County or whether it's to the other parts of the earth, the Lord has promised, I am with you. This is the same power that empowers you and I with the message of the gospel. As Paul described it, I am not ashamed of the power of God, for in it, for in it is salvation to everyone who believes. This power that you and I are to go with as we Labor for the kingdom is the same power that spoke, let there be light. And the Bible says there was light and light. What you and I have as resources, as we go out and we share and we labor to the harvest, we have all the power of God on our side. As I look at this verse, it says, Therefore pray to the Lord of the harvest. Nothing is more significant in life than our communication with God the Father. God Himself, God the Son, God the Spirit, but to pray and make intercession on behalf of those that we encounter. Ask the Spirit of God to go before us, as Chad described to the children this morning, as we go and bear fruit. Because then we hear the words found in verse number 3. And it simply says this, Go your way, behold, I send you out as lambs among the wolves. If anybody has come to understand the word no, <laughs> I hear the word no are more than I heard, hear the word go, or yeah, that's good, let's do it. But that doesn't deter me, because the message that hands on missions and its teams have to share, embrace that power of God. And although we may hear no, we pursue forward as we go. What I'm prepared to show you in the next few slides is an example of how the harvest is truly great. It begins a story. A story of two individuals, a young man in 1991 in which 
I went on my first mission trip to Zambia. Little did I know then, in 1991, a ministry was going to be formed in 1998 under the direction of Reverend Glenn Walker. At that time, I didn't see the big picture. All I had to do was walk and step out by faith. All you and I have to do is to continue to express our faith because the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. It requires faith on our part. Not only did Pastor Glenn begin this ministry of hands-on missions, but our mission is strong. We are served by 15 board members. Actually, one of our board members was has been called to full-time missions in Mexico, and she leaves in the next two weeks to go. Not only that, but Hands-On Mission serves eight missionaries within seven countries around the world. Ministry partners. Can I introduce to you now the harvest is truly great? For Isaias, a missionary in Brazil, near the state of Sao Paulo and the city of Sao Paulo, where seven million people reside, he uses the Bible as a handbook to teach a Portuguese-speaking nation English. He not only uses the best manual, but he starts out in the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And from there, a foundation is not only built to where Portuguese-speaking people begin to speak English, but as he has these English Bible studies, he is equipping individuals to be interpreters for the teams that come from Hands on Missions USA. Esaias is, he's kind of like a little jitterbug. He just bounces around and he's, uh, he's a very exciting individual to encounter. But him and I often discuss how plentiful the harvest is in the country of Brazil. The country of Brazil has been influenced many years by the Roman Catholic Church. I'll tell you a little story about a lady I had an opportunity to witness to this past December. I was sharing verses like I'm sharing with you this morning and she says, those verses are not in my Bible. She said this a couple times, and I finally asked her, well, may I see your Bible? And then I opened up to the passages in which I had recited. And she said, you know what? They are in there. 
for, for the very first time, the Spirit of God, it's like the scales fell from her eyes. As she understood the truth of the gospel. I could go on and tell you countless stories of people and interacting with them. But our recent trip in December of 2022, or 2021, I should say, we impacted over 620 families. Our team that traveled from the United States, a team of five, joined and worked in partnership with the local church there. And one of the most beautiful testimonies that the Lord is involved in missions, Pastor Aurelio shared with me, Brother Stephen, I want you to develop a trip for our church to come to Charlotte, North Carolina and share the gospel with the Brazilians that live in the metro Charlotte area. You see, the harvest is great. While the laborers may be few, the few that stand with the testimony of God's faithfulness and God's love, it is there that Christ is most glorified and the Spirit of God redeems humanity and the souls that call upon him. Well, as amazing as Brazil is, the next country, I believe it's Africa on our slide, Brother Lyson Dodd. Hands on Missions has had a long relationship with the countries of Kenya and Malawi. And we'll see here in just a moment of another missionary in Tanzania. But hands-on missions and their teams went to disciple and to share the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We teach individuals practical things. We secured the funding to plant macadamia trees and teach the local people the skills in order that they could generate income to exist as a church plant in Kenya. Lord willing, this year, I look forward to potentially having the opportunity on a visit to Africa later this summer to see Brother Lyson. I, I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated when foreigners speak English because they have such a strong accent. Whether that's the British or whether that's the Jamaican or whatnot, I just love people and love how God has uniquely created them in his image in order that we might be able to worship him. Then there's Michael Titus. Michael Titus is in the country of Tanzania, just outside Dar Salaam. 
I remember speaking to the Maasai tribe a few years ago, proclaiming the message of God's love, bowing my head, asking the Lord of the harvest to generate the fruit, to generate the souls, to redeem lives. And when I finished praying and I looked up, the hundreds that stood at the altar simply to bow their heads and by faith trust in God's redemption. Pastor Michael was recently I guess a misidentity. He almost lost his life drugged and beaten by the Muslim community in which he served now for many years in partnership with a local church out of Kannapolis, North Carolina. They have designed a school which takes Muslim children beginning in pre-K to, I believe, the eighth grade not only to educate them, but educate them on how much God loves them and what he gave himself for. But Michael understood the cost for the gospel. He understood Jesus' words, I send you out as lambs among the wolves as he was drugged behind a vehicle, left for dead. Our next ministry partner is a beautiful individual or a couple that I met in 2013 for the very first time. Flying into a city like Delhi, India and getting amongst the masses of the harvest and the people the best way I can describe it for you is like going here to Walmart a couple days before Christmas or being in Sam's Club yesterday. I don't know if the wind blew everybody into the Sam's Club in Gastonia, but you could barely even move. There were so many people. There are 1.5 billion souls that live in the country of India. Many of them worship Hinduism as well as Muslim. And there is only one half of 1% that claim to be evangel evangelical Christians. But through the resources of our Lord, Hands on Missions recently secured the funding in order to help this couple build a home, an orphanage. And as you see, as of last week, the walls are coming up. And the children 
which quote God's word. Two of the oldest ones in the picture there, they can quote the entire Psalm 119 by memorization. That's, if I'm not mistaken, how many verses? 176 verses. I wonder how much we value God's word. Do we know 176 verses? Promises of God's word that if we go out into the harvest, that he is there with us. Our next missionary partner is a beautiful young lady in the country of Ukraine. Just last week, she told me she was torn as she stood at the border of Ukraine to go into Poland to provide safety for her children, to join her husband who works in Poland. She said, my heart is torn. My ministry is here. I need to care for the people, those who are within the battle, those that are in the front line. And while she became recently a refugee of a country, she now needs our encouragement. That God is with her. That he understands the bigger picture. She can practice medical in Ukraine, but now all her means of providing for her children outside her husband have been taken away because she can't practice medicine in Poland. Hands on Missions was preparing to go last, last year, but COVID prevented us from going So Hands on Missions continues to try to send assistance to this dear, beloved follower of Jesus Christ. Our medical team that was planning to go to Ukraine will join us later this year as we go back to Brazil. Then there is Glenn and Debbie Benfield in the Philippines. And they're so far away from North Carolina, I haven't even gotten there yet. But I've known this couple for some 30 years. He retired from what was the Old Bell South, Mall Bell. Probably some of there's some young people don't even remember Southern Bell, the separation there in AT&T. But they're in, I believe you call it Talcabon, Philippines, serving there, young Christian men, providing seminary training as they go, and they plant churches. Please pray for the Benfields. And now I want to show you, just briefly, talk about our local missions. Your church has been involved in the Here's the Scoop event. 
summer event or the summer break in school, we bring youth and children together in the hopes that youth, like the youth here at Crestview, will be introduced into the mission field, what it is to go and become laborers as they share. Be praying this summer as we have our dates already set for what is going to occur. And I'm confident that Chad and the youth here at Crestview will uh, once again help out hands-on missions. And then a new mission opportunity the, that is coming up next month. I need individuals to go to Lumberton. Believe it or not, there are still people that are struggling from Hurricane Florence, which was some three years ago now, maybe even four years ago. But we will be working directly with the Baptist men. The North Carolina Baptist men always do a tremendous job in evaluating projects and as teams from hands-on missions. Those of you who might travel with us for four days in April, April 20th through the 24th, that is actually spring break for Cleveland County Schools. So uh, if you want to send Chad away with your youngins, you got an opportunity that week. And then a new mission we're going to set out this year to accomplish. Hands-on missions is going to the Appalachian Trail five times this summer and fall. There's over two to three million people who walk this trail every day. The Lord did say the harvest is truly plentiful, didn't he? You are invited you are invited, not necessarily to hike the 2,190 miles. I've got that covered through a young man who's going to go and represent. But I'm going to join him on five different section hikes this summer. I'm sure he'll walk a little faster than I do. But nonetheless, the purpose is that the hands-on missions van need people to travel, primarily with my wife, as the hikers come off the trail in the evening, when she comes back to pick up this weary old soul, we'll feed them a hot meal. There's hamburgers, hot dogs, in order to have the opportunity to simply share God's love. Please, all this information that I'm sharing with you is either on our website or I have some information when you leave this morning. Now I want to briefly just share, I believe, a video of our last trip to Brazil. We need a little, there we go.
Amazon Missions desires to serve our Lord this year and continue to carry on that command of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our featured international trip this year is in September. Will you consider joining hands on missions? We're going to the Amazon River. We're going to places that I've never even been. But I'm looking forward as I know that if the Lord tarries, he has prepared a harvest. Even in the remotest parts of the Amazon River in Brazil, you have an opportunity to serve with us this year. And then, lastly, we need your support. We need your support and your presence on the, the mission trips that we go on, but we also need your financial assistance. Whether you choose as a church in the upcoming year to fund the ministry of hands-on missions, or whether you as an individual would give a gift, whether that be monthly, quarterly, or yearly, I know that God will tremendously bless us when we go, when we go out into the harvest as laborers for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you again this morning for the opportunity to look at your word. Father, the harvest is truly great. Lord, we see examples all around the world of people who need to hear the gospel. This morning, dear God, in the simplest way, Father, I pray that if there's an individual within the sound of my voice that has never placed their faith and trust in you as their Redeemer and Lord, I pray that this day will be that day. Scripture records that for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Dear God, I pray for Crestview. And now I invite people to come and potentially make commitments, dear Father, through an invitational hymn to be champions in evangelizing the gospel, not only here in our Jerusalem of Cleveland County and Shelby, but to Judea and Samaria and the other ends of the earth. I ask this in Christ's name, amen and amen. You have heard the invitation to respond to whatever God is calling you to do. As Sandra comes and leads us in our hymn, how will you respond to what God is asking of you today? Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, 
number 559, Rescue the Perishing. Would you stand, please? 559. Thank you. I couldn't find my mic. I thought it fell on the floor. Joe stole it. <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Um, I'm going to ask Stephen and Pam if you guys would go out to the Welcome Center, and they'll be out there to answer any questions. You know how fortunate we are? We have every opportunity here at Crestview Baptist Church to reach all across the world. We have our in-house missionaries David and Nancy that have retired but are still involved with, with the mission of, uh, in Nicaragua with United Christian Missions. And also in India, you've got a new one in India providing Bibles, right? And across the world, Honduras. We have connections to missions in Russia. We have connections with Stephen and hands-on missions, not only here in Cleveland County, but across the world as well. We have the North Carolina Baptist Mission Camp here in Shelby that reaches out. We have the Baptist men. We have the WMU. We have no excuse we can never say as members of Crestview Baptist Church that we don't have opportunities to serve and spread the gospel. We do not have that excuse. But church, we have the obligation, we've been commanded to go to all nations making disciples and teaching them. That is the great commission. We have that commandment. And in order for us to be obedient disciples, we must do that very thing. Continue to pray for the people of Ukraine. We are still collecting money. If you want to give toward that, um, we're, gonna, we're doing that through uh, Baptist missions to send money to the Ukraine. Continue to pray for them. We are also, during the time now that we are, have Annie Armstrong Easter offering 
for North American missions. Our goal as a church is $2,000. We're going to be collecting money for that. And if you prayerfully want to give and help support any other missions, do what it is that God is calling you to do. Thank you for being here. Don't forget that uh, Wednesday night, 6.30, our Bible studies, youth and children in the, in the youth building at 6.30, adults or whoever else wants to come here in the sanctuary, we're going to be continuing our study in Acts. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this. Um, next week, Trey won't be up in the sound booth next week, next Sunday. Um, He's going to be in Louisiana on his honeymoon because he gets married next Saturday, and we are thrilled about that. And he's turning red up there as I'm looking at him. <laughs> he just ducked behind the computer screen. But uh, he is getting married. He and Megan are getting married next sat- or this coming Saturday. So we're, we're happy about that. Just be in prayer for them as they begin their life as husband and wife. And uh, thank you for being here again. Stop by the Welcome Center and and speak to Stephen, and he does have some information there about upcoming events that that Hands-On Mission is going to be doing. Um, He did ask me to go to Brazil with him, and I would love to. I don't know if I could get away with it because the day they're returning is the day that Leanne's getting married, so I don't think that would fly too well with my family, Um, me coming in the day she's getting married and having to give the bride away, so... um, I'm going to have to pass this year, but I would love to go with him at some point in the future. So uh, please, I want to ask uh, Larry Hammett if he would come as our deacon of the week and dismiss us in prayer. Thank you. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you thanking you that, that for the messages you sent us today. God, we're so thankful for our youth and the work that they're doing right here, even at Crest High School, of, of where they're having their outreach program over there. Our youth is the leaders of our church, the leaders of our community. Thank God that we have youth that are displaying your work and making sure that the people in this community do know about and do receive God. Our mission field is, is, is broad, it's wide, it's here in our area, as well as Brazil's and, and the foreign countries, Father God, help us to reach out and let our light shine to these folks and let them understand and appreciate and know the love and care that only you can share. Thank you, God. We know you're there for us when we don't have to go through anybody to talk to you. God, we're so thankful that we can talk to you when we think things are bad or when we think things are good. We know, Father, that we've lost some loved ones this week, and our hearts were kind of hurt a little bit about, about losing a, a member, a, a loved one. But, Father God, we know, and we are so thankful that the loved ones are in heaven with you. We ask this in Jesus Christ's holy name. May we continue on the path of thy works. Amen.